Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. And I'm Alexis Preston. And this is An Animal Saved My Life, a podcast about the incredible animals who change our lives forever. So, Alexis, I have a story for you. Okay. It's a sad story. Oh. The other day, I was trying to open a can of tomato sauce, and I couldn't get the lid off the jar. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I tried. I gave it I gave it a lot of muscle, but it wouldn't budge. And then what? I ordered a pizza. Hmm. But you didn't even, like, Google it? <laughs> okay. Fair. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> okay. So, now, listen to me. I tell you this. Because I talked to someone recently who would have never given up on that lid. Someone who does not turn off her computer and walk away every time it freezes. Someone who would never throw away the controller when you beat her at Mario Kart and say, I think there might be a problem with the game. There wasn't, for the record. This person, her name is Amelia Milling, and she does not quit. But Alexis, even the toughest people need to phone a friend sometimes. And sometimes that friend is an animal, right? Catching on. Okay, you smart cookie. So, it's June in Alaska. Amelia Milling is 21 years old. She's just flown to Anchorage for the first time, and she's hitching a ride to a hiking trail with some locals. In the beginning... You know, I was like, oh, here's my plan. And they're like, uh, Amelia, no, that's maybe not the best plan. There's bears, there's moose. Um, you know, so they I'm like, oh, no, 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 I've got this. You know, I, I've I've hiked. I've done these things. The hike is called the Crow Pass Trail. It's 21 miles through glaciers, waterfalls, mine ruins. And about halfway through, there'd be a river crossing. The whole thing would take about three or four days. I mean, I'd researched for a year. What did I need? What should I pack? But People thought I was crazy to even be doing this. Now, Amelia is deaf. Her service dog, Ava, was still in training, so Amelia had left her at home. I mean, growing up and doing a lot of my adventures, I'm used to doing those solo. So it wasn't really a difficult decision for me to go by myself. I've always been out for that for adventure. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where it was, if it's in a city, if it's out in the forest or out on a farm. I always found myself off somewhere. Amelia mostly grew up in Tennessee. As a kid, she spent a lot of time in the forest near her house playing and exploring, what adults might call hiking. But there were parts of Amelia's childhood that weren't great. She grew up in a tight-knit religious community where one church ran her life. They had their own school, church, college. Everything was all in one. It was a very intense environment. They wanted people to stay in that very small community and and be able to exert their control. And so I was kind of thinking about what reason could I find a, a reason, a legitimate reason to be able to get out and say back off to them. That reason became Alaska, this solo hike, actually. Her mom worried about her being on her own. So Amelia had stuffed an emergency GPS in her backpack to comfort her. Amelia wasn't worried, though. The Crow Pass Trail was marked as a beginner hike. When I got to the trailhead, I was like, okay, here we go. You know, within the first mile, I'm like, yeah, I've got this. And I did pass an older gentleman. 
And he obviously was a just a through and through Alaskan. And he did tell me too, he's like, there's snow, it's pretty thick, be careful out there. He kind of, we had a little gesturing conversation, but you know, I felt pretty good. I had my hiking sticks, I had my crampons, which are sort of ice cleat kind of things that slip over your boots. And then I saw the snow and I felt like, yes, you know, I've got a challenge coming. You know, I'm a southerner, right? So snow is like, yay, I'm so excited to see some snow. <laughs> a little bit of snowflake makes southern people happy. So to see a whole snowpack, you know. As Amelia hiked up, the path was getting snowier. And there weren't as many footprints. There were huge boulders covered in ice, and it was getting steep. She started to realize that beginner in Alaska means something different than it does on the East Coast. I was like, oh, this is really maybe, you know, this this wasn't just an easy little hike through the forest anymore. You know, I really needed to focus. In the early, early part of the hike, I was like, oh, I've traveled the country by myself. I've got these experiences. I'm good. This is no big deal. Then as things started to unfold, I had wished that somebody maybe had been with me. But at this point, I felt there was no reason to give up. You know, it just, it didn't really even occur to me that I should go back. The snow was getting less romantic as the hours went on. Amelia's first night camping was cold and windy. Basically, I was miserable that first night. I hurt. I had really underestimated how long and how physical and also how out of shape, realistically, that I was for these conditions. The next day, I started to get a little bit more nervous because the decline was more intense. And it wasn't only the snow. There were almost no footprints or sign of the trail at that point. As Amelia worked her way down the decline, she leaned on one of her trekking poles and it snapped. She lost her balance and started slipping down the mountainside. I, I was just shocked. You know, I'm trying to kick my feet down. The snow is kind of going up and over my face and up and over my head. But I was definitely falling. At a certain point, the hill plateaued and Amelia was able to slow down and stop and catch her breath. I took my backpack off and you know, just kind of get my shit together if I'm being honest. And so, you know, try to figure out what I'm going to do next. And I knew that I couldn't go back up at that point. Amelia couldn't see the trail anymore. She knew if she tried to go back up and find it, she could end up slipping on the icy snow and careen out of control. So she stayed on her bum and started inching down the mountain, very slowly, little by little. And so I was using my foot almost as a brake, but all of a sudden I lost control and it felt like a faster than a roller coaster. Faster than the Ninja roller coaster at Six Flags. And the more that I tried to move, I felt like it made me go even faster. So it was just, you know, close my eyes and keep going was basically the strategy. As she slid down the mountainside, Amelia saw a huge jagged rock ahead of her. She somehow veered to the right and missed it. Instead, she went right over a smooth boulder and it launched her into the air like a ski jump. It felt like forever, the amount of time that I was in the air. But then I hit a rock below it and then kind of kept rolling and I kept rolling and I couldn't stop rolling. I just kept going downhill. I was on the ground, but I still just kept rolling. Finally, Amelia came to a stop. She's pretty bruised up and way off trail, and there wasn't a soul in sight. I think I was just in shock laying there thinking to myself, well, now what? You know, I was a little bit shocked that I was still alive. Then she looked up from the ground 
and saw a large animal coming towards her. I thought it was a wolf initially. Because I was on the ground, he looked bigger. I was a little defensive, trying not to, you know, cause myself any more problems. I had enough. After what I had just been through, I didn't need any more. He was very calm as he approached. But he had a bunch of dirt on him, and he had this beautiful off-white color. And i kind of telling myself, just calm down. And we kind of, you know, had a little bit of eye contact. And then I noticed that he was wearing a collar. His tag said Crow Pass Guide Dog. And I was like, Crow Pass Guide Dog? What? How strange is that? And he didn't bark at all. So I'm like, oh, he seems very nice, I guess. I mean, he was just kind of looking at me and just kind of checking things out. At first I thought, oh, maybe he's lost. I have to help him. But then after I saw the tag that was actually on him, I realized, aha, I think it's the opposite. He's here to help me. I didn't really understand how he would help me. You know, he's a dog. What's he going to do? So I knew generally directionally which way to go. But Nanook helped me to find the actual trail. He knew where to go. Together, they crawled through the brush, passed by glaciers, and walked by a lot of bear scat, until finally the snow began to clear. And I remember touching the grass and being grateful for it, just feeling the warmth and the sunny day was just, I was grateful for that. A lot happened in just one day. Amelia broke her trekking pole, fell down the side of a mountain, twice, flew through the air, and then met a trail guide, who was a dog, who led her back to the trail. It's the part in the story where most people go, okay, I survived the odds, time to call it quits. Remember, Amelia was prepared for the worst case scenario. She had an emergency location device. Instead of pressing the button though, she shared some beef jerky with Nanook, pitched her tent, and went to sleep. She wasn't going to give up that easy. We'll find out what happens next after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Amelia's second night on the Crow Pass Trail wasn't as miserable as the first one. This time, she had the company of a light-colored husky named Nanook. I kind of half expected by the time that I woke up that he would be gone. So I opened up my tent flap, just zipped it up, and he was right there with his tail wagging. Amelia picked out the chocolate from her trail mix and shared some of it with Nanook. And then the two were off. When the trail was fairly clear and I knew where I was going, he just kind of went off and just did his own thing. When the trail became a little more complex or there was something that maybe I had to climb or negotiate through some kind of challenge, it seemed like he was there for those parts. Compared to the day before, today's hike was pretty easy and Amelia was making great time. When she got to the site where she had planned to camp, she decided to keep going. She was getting a good view of the Eagle River. 
On the next part of the hike, she would have to wade directly through it. And it was really the first time that I saw the river close up that I was going to be crossing. And I thought, oh, wow, this is, I started to get a little concerned. Official signs on the trail warn hikers about the river crossing. It's about 150 feet wide, and the cold current can be swift. They say to try it earlier in the day when the water is lower. Later in the day, it can get up to your waist. Groups are supposed to hold hands in case someone falls in. And if you fall in, you're supposed to let go of your backpack so it doesn't drag you into the current. I just kind of sat down. I had something to eat. And I just wanted to have something in me because I knew that the water was incredibly cold. So I needed to eat something before I started this attempt. Amelia stopped for a few hours to plan her river crossing. She gathered sticks and used some duct tape from her water bottle to fashion together some makeshift trekking poles. She paced back and forth along the bank, looking for the safest spot to cross. The wide river was fed by a glacier, and it was grayish and snowy colored and made it hard to see the bottom. Nanook had already crossed and was on the other side. He's like, are you coming? (laughs) He's just kind (laughs) of looking back at me like, let's go, come on. He actually came back and forth a few times. And, you know, I could see water pushing at him. So he did have to try. It wasn't just like bounding across the river. Eventually, Amelia picked a spot in the river that looked like it was the safest. And she stepped into the water. And I was doing okay, but the water was so cold. Um, I was maybe a third of the way across and I lost my footing. You know, I stepped on this slimy rock, I fell, I lost my balance, and and then the water started pulling me. And I was trying to hold on to the rocks, but it was so strong, and I was getting into a deeper part of the river, further downstream. The shore was only 10 feet away, but the icy current and the weight of Amelia's backpack were pulling her. She managed to get her backpack off, but she didn't want to let it go. She was already freezing cold, and it had everything she would need to survive on her own, including her emergency SOS device. I was trying to, you know, get my feet on the ground. And out of the corner of my eye, I could see Nanook on the bank of the river following me. He was still on dry land, and he was kind of along with me. And that's when I started dunking underwater, because the water was starting to become much more rough. I, it was, I was not in a good spot at that point. As the water pushed her downstream, Amelia was trying to inch herself closer and closer to the bank. Finally, her leg caught on something and she was able to get her balance and stand up. She dragged herself to the riverbank, but it was steep and she was still partially in the water. She would need to climb out to get to safety, but she didn't want to let go of her backpack and it was weighing her down. I mean, you know, it had all of my essentials in it. I couldn't physically get out if I was still holding on to it and I'm just kind of stuck there and that's where Nanook came over the edge of that ledge and he came down to me and grabbed my backpack and started pulling at me and I think he seemed to understand that I wanted to keep my backpack he bit he he grabbed onto the backpack and, and started pulling at that so that I wasn't able to pull myself out I mean, it defies logical thinking in some ways that he was able to do that without me having to tell him or communicate anything. It's amazing that he just did that. 
So once I got myself pulled up and out of the water and onto dry land, I mean, I was blue, I was freezing, I was overwhelmed, I was incredibly pale and so cold, you know, wet head to toe. Amelia knew she had to warm up. Fast. Thankfully, she had stored her sleeping bag inside a garbage bag to keep it dry. She took off her wet clothes and crawled inside. Nanook at that point was really anxious and kind of moving around me quite a bit. Uh, He was wet too, but he was sort of pacing. I was shaking so much that I couldn't actually hold my bottle, my water bottle to take sips anymore because I was just cold to the bone. And I think I blacked out briefly. I don't actually know how long. At some point, I fell asleep. I felt like I was sleeping, if I'm being honest, but it was beyond my control. Nanook started to kind of bother me a little bit at that point. He would kind of like, he was kind of tugging at me. He would kind of sniff me and he'd kind of poke at me a little bit. And I hadn't seen that action out of him at all up to this point. And I was kind of like, just leave me alone. And so I kind of waited and I came to the realization I wasn't getting any better. I was still cold and I couldn't do things on my own. And that's when Nanook really kind of was annoying me even more. He was just more aggressive and he was just kind of there poking at me. And I did bring with me a GPS emergency locator, but I was like, nope, I'm not going to use it. Nope, 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 nope. Until again, Nanook, he wouldn't leave me alone. I finally realized that I couldn't continue. Nanook forced Amelia to realize she needed help. She pulled the emergency device from her wet backpack. And so I finally uh, pushed the SOS button on my locator. And once I hit that, Nanook sat down and went to sleep. And then I was able to get some sleep too. Find out what happens to Amelia and Nanook after the break. Nanook kept Amelia warm as she slept. When the rescue team arrived in a helicopter, they found a hypothermic young woman in a sleeping bag and a dog lying by her side. They were like, is this your dog? And I'm, I, I'm like, no, this is not my dog. I don't even know whose dog this is. It's just a dog. And they were kind of confused. So because I guess you have to understand, you know, deaf hearing communication can sometimes be fraught with misunderstanding. And I think sometimes the hearing people can be sort of shocked, you know, like, that you're actually understanding each other correctly. Like maybe don't give me enough credit. Like you asked me a question and I answered it, but it's no, 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 You must be misunderstanding something. You have this dog here. He must be yours. <laughs> I mean, the, but I'm like, no, he's not mine. I don't know who he belongs to. He's just out here. He's just here. On the helicopter ride back, Nanook slept by Amelia's side. At this point, Amelia said she was pretty much just thinking, what the heck just happened? I was on that helicopter ride thinking, wow, it was so beautiful to see Alaska from the air. I mean, that was the upside, too, is that the helicopter, I was able to see where I fell. You could actually see the little tiny line that where Amelia had fallen, the trace of where I fell. Honestly, sometimes I wonder, you know, did he watch me? Did he see that happen from somewhere else? Maybe he was already following me at some point, and I just didn't know it. Maybe he saw the whole thing. When the helicopter landed, the paramedics looked Amelia over. She had bruises all over her body. She was sore, and she was exhausted. But she was okay. The attention then turned to Nanook. 
They were trying to figure out who the owner was. So they looked at his tag. There's actually a phone number right on his tag. Scott, Nanook's owner, was like, oh, no, we're used to this. We get phone calls from time to time that his dog is somewhere else. We're kind of used to that. But then they heard my story and he's like, wait, what? Helicopters? What's going on? So time for a little backstory. Nanook's owners had adopted him in a Walmart parking lot when he was just a little ball of snow white fluff. They live out in the wilderness by the trail and Nanook always liked to wander off. At first, Scott would really worry, but then he kept hearing that Nanook was with hikers on the Crow Pass Trail, doing the hike with him. Instead of tying him up, Scott respected that this is how Nanook wanted to spend his time. He made special dog tags for him that said, Crow Pass Trail Guide. So Scott was used to the idea of Nanook out on the trail, but he wasn't prepared for Amelia's story. Scott was shocked at first. I think everyone was shocked. I mean, even me, honestly, when I'm telling my story, I'm like, wait, who, what happened? Uh, like, this, this whole thing is just kind of unbelievable in some ways. It actually gets even more unbelievable. When the media picked up Amelia's story and word got out, they found out that Amelia was not the first person who Nanook had saved. Other people came forward. One woman had been hiking on the trail when she slipped on a rock and went sliding towards a steep gorge. Nanook grabbed her by the jacket and stopped her fall. And then a family was once crossing the same river that Amelia fell into. Their eight-year-old daughter stumbled and got swept downstream until Nanook pulled her out. I am obsessed with you. <laughs> this story is incredible. Um, I am curious, because I know at one point there was a hill where you're like, oh, there's no turning back now. But before that hill, what would it have meant for you to quit? Why did you keep going? I don't like the idea of leaving something unfinished. I never have. So I had to really think that through to be able to think about how to finish this, because it didn't sit well with me that I didn't. The next summer... Amelia scored an internship in Sitka, Alaska, just so that she could come back and try to finish the Crow Pass Trail. And this time, she invited a friend to join her for the hike. Her own dog, Ava, came too. Scott invited them to camp on his property with Nanook, since they live so close to the trailhead. And I said, do you think Nookie's going to come? And he's like, I don't know, that's up to Nanook. You know, maybe there, maybe not. <laughs> the next morning, um, Nanook was... He would kind of go, head in the direction of the trailhead, and then look back at us like, are you coming? Let's go. Nanook's dog brother, Argus, who was more of a stay-at-home guard dog type, joined them too. So together, Amelia, her friend Roger, Nanook, Argus, and Ava, this motley crew turned wolf pack, they ventured out. I believe Nanook was making sure that everything was a-okay for us. I felt very confident that second time. You know, we just weren't worried about anything. And that night, the stars were amazing. And I just slept in my sleeping bag under the open sky. If Nanook could talk, what do you think he would say to you? You know, people might expect me to think that he would say something very inspiring or profound. But I think, honestly, given his personality, he would look at me and just say, be more prepared. That's it's incredible how well you know each other. Which brings me to my next question. What would you say to Nanook? 
if he was here, I think I would offer him some beef jerky. <laughs> That's great. That's perfect. I don't think Nanook needs me to thank him. I really don't. I think he already knows. Hmm. I do. That was Amelia Milling, mixed media artist, outdoor adventurer, and beef jerky provider. Today's episode was produced by Nora Kanidis Boydell. Nick Farrago is our managing producer. Story editing by Evan Roberts. Our sound mixer is John Ross. Special thanks to Lisa Holton, who was Amelia's interpreter for this episode. I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And you've been listening to An Animal Saved My Life. Join us next week for another incredible animal story. 